Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, everybody. It is time for another one of our preview shows here on the Blue Room, just to give you a bit of an insight into what we've been doing over on the Blue Room Extra this week. And it has been a lot. Obviously, Everton signing players and making moves out of that Kiev game and the big opener against Chelsea next week. So here's a couple of segments from a couple of shows we've done. The first voices you hear will be myself and Natalie Bromley from the No Name Never podcast. She gave us some great insights into Dwight McNeil and what Everton can expect from him going forward. It'll be interesting to see if he plays tonight in that game against Kiev and the other voices you'll hear a little bit later on. After about 10 minutes, will be Alan Healy and Rob Vera and myself as we look at some Everton transfer rumours. And Alan tells us all about Real Betis midfielder Guido Rodriguez, who is being linked in the week by some pretty credible sources over in Argentina and Mexico. Just a reminder, if you want to listen to both of these shows in full, probably total in 90 minutes or so in content, it'd be great to get your Everton juices flowing ahead of the game tonight. It is Blue Room Extra. It is patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. The link will be in the description if you want to click on that and go straight over there. It's worth about a pound a week. You can cancel it whenever you like and the new season on the horizon. It is a great time to get involved. So the link is in the description if you want to click and get access to these shows and others in full. It's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Hope you enjoy this segment and hopefully we'll see you over on Patreon. I mean, whenever I've watched them, and we'll get into the numbers in a bit, he's always sort of struck me as a player who definitely has something a little bit different, though. And he, I suppose he's just a little bit different to, to normal wingers in some senses, isn't he? Because he's, he's quite tall yeah. and quite ranging and quite physical. But then when he gets the ball and, and carries it, he seems to move quite quickly. He's quite he's quite an unorthodox player. And I don't know if it's because of that, that when I've watched him, I always thought, oh, you're a bit different, I quite like you, or whether he's actually is that good and is effective. I mean, is, is, is the mortem effectively, I suppose, is what I'm asking, than the, the numbers which we're going to get on to speaking about, yeah. which are obviously very damaged from last year? I, I think it's probably a bit of both, and that sounds like a bit of a cop-out answer, but I think in this case it, it is genuine. Um, he is different, and he does move in a way... OK, let, let's, let's put this in the bracket of 
the fan in you. So the fan wants to be entertained always. And the supporter in you will be very results orientated and they will, you know, Burnley, Burnley supporters have been, sorry, Burnley fans have been supporters for a long time because we've had to put up with really poor quality of football and just grinding out survival every year. But we knew that the net result was that we got to stay in the Premier League. So we we put up with that because that's what we wanted. That's the supporter in you. It's what's best for the club. The football fan in you always wants to be entertained because you cannot ignore the fact that it is an entertainment sport. And Dwight McNeil massively appeals to the fan in you. He he just moves different. And it is that physical presence. And it is, it's the way he twists and the way that the ball sticks to his feet. And it's, you know, there will be wingers in the Premier League that are technically better than him, that are maybe more traditionally entertaining from him but you are quite right he offers something different and aesthetically that's really exciting to watch when you get past that and you drill down to McNeil's technique I would say he is a very strong footballer he has got good technique and he has got um, a, a drive to attack the ball and to try and create space um, for his his forwards in the box so it's a combination of both I think yeah, it's 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 fascinating watching. I think there's a few games this season where he's, he's got on mad, amazing runs and have sort of, you know, you sit up and, and watch and, and take note. But what with that in mind, then what what do you think the the best version of, of Dwight McNeil looks like in terms of the things he does on the ball and what he does around the penalty area? And the second part of that question, which we've had a lot of people ask us on on Twitter, is where where does he play? Because you mentioned there about you need to find a new left winger, you know, looking into him this morning, that seems to be where he's played most. I think Jackson put him on the right for a little bit towards the end mm. of last year. He had a little spell playing off the, the centre-forward, I think, under Dice as well. So he's been a little bit all over the place. You, with that good technique that you mentioned and the way he can, can carry the ball and the way it sort of sticks to his feet, do you look at him as someone who can play off that right and cut inside or who can play a little bit more in field where the space is a little bit more crammed up? He can play in all of those places. Um, if you're going to play him on the wing, he's better, he's more effective on the left, I think. He can play on the right, but he has to cut in a lot and he has to get the ball on his left foot. So it does, it's not maybe as effective. Um, but, he, you know, if you're going to play him out, out he, he needs to be on the left wing. Whilst he has played in a few spots for us, he has predominantly played on that left wing. So it's quite difficult to give you... Um, an in-depth analysis as to how I think he will play in those other positions purely because he hasn't been given that opportunity at Berlin. He definitely wasn't given that opportunity under Daesh. Um, Daesh just put him on that wing. Um, fulfilling this potential again, so I'm trying to, to recap the, the, the various points that we've talked sorry, about Sorry, I here. asked you a lot of questions there. I yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> I, think I've, I think I've got them all. Don't worry, I think I've got them all. I'm, just, I'm trying not to do you a disservice and forget half of them. Um, I... In terms of fulfilling his potential, you've, you've got to bear in mind that what Dwight McNeil definitely didn't excel in is playing in a very direct Burnley side under Sean Dyche. That, and that's not a criticism of Burnley, it's not a criticism of Dyche. He was, he was our only creative player at the club for a long, long time. So there was a lot of pressure on his shoulders and he was having to try and pull things out of nowhere and when you've got 10 other players playing in a very strict very rigid style of football that Dyche demands of them to try and get those 1-0 wins or to try and keep those goal differences down or just try and get a point here or there he was very shackled in what he could do so 
some of his performances last season and some of his performances over the last couple of years have very much been indicative of being stifled in a team that didn't suit him. Put him in a more attacking threat side, one that's got freedom and and in a shape that allows the wingers a little bit more space to run at defenders and cut in and put balls in the box, etc., which is something we didn't do. Or, in fact, a team that plays through midfield, and that's where he's going to excel. That said, I have always, my entire Burnley career, sorry, McNeil's not my career, I don't play for Burnley, McNeil's entire (laughs) Burnley career. (laughs) I know know you've lost a lot of players this summer, but I didn't know they signed you up as well. (laughs) Women's Euros, it's been, you know, have you not been keeping the news? I'm I'm playing uh, central midfield on Sunday. Yeah, throughout McNeil's entire career, I've always wanted to see him playing off in the middle, in a more just playing off the the front two, or even a, a you know Chris Wood behind Chris Wood, and seeing what he could do in 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 the middle and having that space to go left to go right to be a playmaker in the middle. And, and Dash just didn't play that football, and and the team didn't play that football, so I never got an opportunity to see that. Um, I would love him to do that role for you. And I would. I think that's where you'll get the, the most out of him. I think sometimes if you push him too far on the wing and it's isolated and he's playing against a right back who's very effective. So let's say you put him up against Trippier, Kieran Trippier or that kind of, of right back, he will not, you'll not get anything out of him. So if you're playing a team that's got a very effective right back, don't stick him on the wing because you might as well not bother playing him because you're not going to get anything out of him. But I would really love to see you play him more as a central, um, you know, just off the front two or front one and more of a central role and see if he can then open, get his head. He, he, he's got his head down quite a lot. When he's on the wing, his head's down quite a lot. Now he's got a natural ability to know where everybody is. So he's got almost got a little bit of peripheral vision when his head's down. He still manages to beat a man or get across him when you think, God, you weren't even looking then. How did you do that? But get him in the middle, get his head up, get him assessing the space, seeing who's free, that's, I think, where he'll excel. Interesting what you said there about him up against someone like a, a Trippier. So w- would you say he's more of a, a winger that's going to be, m- be more effective? And I hope explain this right so, so you get what I'm trying to say. But like a winger who's going to burst into space in behind a fullback who's maybe pushed on and do most of the damage that way rather yes. than when he's yeah, going to square definitely. up a, a fullback yes. and do some tricks and take them on and get round. Definitely. Them. Yeah. Definitely. His strength is that we had a lot of overlap, you know, Charlie Taylor to Dwight Manil and, you know, like they'd, they'd push forward and they'd overlap. And, you know, Dwight would pick the ball up and he'd, he'd just get his head down and run. He's got the speed. He'd run past uh, he'd run past the fullback and he would, you know, find that space and he'd just turn or he'd just stop and and like send them flying towards a corner flag and he would then have the space. That's that's what he that's the play he makes when he's on the wing. Now a significant number of Premier League teams can easily defend against that, which is why, you know, from Burnley's perspective, if that was our only outlet and that was the only thing that we could do with McNeil in our setup, well, you can nullify that very, very quickly and you remove any attacking threat for us whatsoever, which is one of the struggles we've had for a couple of years. Um, so, so that's... Now, you know, you've got to... I, I always caveat this, and you know I do. I, you've got to bear in mind that that's how it's worked when he's been playing in a Burnley side, where he, he, he might be able to do that role on the Everton side with different players and the other midfielders pulling the defenders away to give him more space and just a little bit more clever tactical manoeuvring. He might be even better at that, but I can only I can only judge on what I've seen um, for the past few years in that Burnley side where he he struggled particularly last year. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alan's going to tell us all about this amazing midfielder, better than Gary, apparently Everton wants. He's 28. And I've, I've tried to cover the reports from, from Spain over the last few days on this. and It, it seems to indicate, Alan, that Betis are in quite a, well, a similarly poor financial situation to Everton. And therefore, the, they might be open to sell him, but the fee is sort of in the region of, of 40 million euros they want for him. But this is, of course, Guido Rodriguez. He is uh, a Argentina international, holder midfielder. Um, before we get into whether you think this one's going to happen, Alan, is, is this lad a good player? Do you look at him and think this is the type of midfielder Everton should be going for? Yeah, no, he's very good. He's very, very good. I mean, he's not a world-class player, but he's a very good footballer. I think if he came into Everton, he would help us exponentially because he would basically sit in that number six position and offer solidity to the midfield. And when he came into Betis, one of the first things he did was get... Um, the team to switch from a back back three or a back five to a back four because he offered such solidity in that defensive midfield position that we didn't they didn't need to play with the back three or three center backs and two wing backs they could play with the back four because he had the strength to do that he's tall he's athletic he's tough he's argentinian he's an argentinian international he was part of the team that won the cup of america last summer um, beating brazil and rio de janeiro he would be part of the team going to qatar and the world cup later this year like he's an interesting character. And also I think he suits Everton because he's not one of these South American players who came over when they were a teenager, when they were still nappies and kind of was sprung into stardom. Like he had to work to get to Europe. He only came to Europe in 2020 when he joined Betis. He began his career at Argentina, then spent a few years in Mexico. Um, Mexican football is quite a tough place to be. Um, mm. It's very competitive. It's very gritty it can be quite kind of you know cowboyish in many ways he came through that got the move to europe succeeded you know as a very very important part of this betis team um and i think that if he were to come to everton he'd be a very good signing um the only thing is like i mean betis are in a very good moment right now um it's not like everton they're in the opposite situation from a footballing perspective they have a coach emmanuel pellegrini who's got complete authority at the team um, and the supporters they love him they sing his name every week they have a very nice balance of defensive solidity and kind of attacking flair. So the way they play is like a 4-2-3-1 system. Um, he's often the double pivot with either, you know, Andres Guardado, experienced Mexican midfielder, or William Carvalho, Portuguese international, um, or, you know, Sergio Canales when he drops back, so, or whatever. So they have quite a settled team with three very dynamic attackers, Juan Mi, Canales, and Nabil Fekir, and a good striker who leads the line well. So they're very kind of organized in that sense, and I think he slots very well into that machine. Obviously, Everton are in a different situation to that, um, but I think he'd be a very good signing. And I think the fee of you know 40 million, that won't happen, never in a million years. Betis are in a really poor situation financially. They need to sell to bring in players this summer. They want to rejuvenate the squad a bit. They want to bring back Hector Bellerin from Arsenal. They want to sign Danny Ceballos from Real Madrid. They want to maybe bring in Hassan Maurer as well. So to do that, they're going to have to sell a couple of fringe players. It looks like Carvalho is going to leave. Maybe Alex Moreno can leave as well. Um, and then they're also going to make a sacrifice. So I think, you know, that will either be Fakir or Rodriguez. 
Um, Arsenal were linked as well the last couple of years to Rodriguez. Um, that doesn't seem to be happening now. They seem to be going for younger players, it seems, um, this market. And then, you know, Fekir doesn't seem to be attracting any serious interest right now either. So that means that Guido will be the sacrificial lamb. And at 28, with Joseph in his deal, it makes sense. But I wouldn't think it'd be 40 million euro. It'd be maybe 20 to 30 million euro, I would say. Alan, can you talk to me a little bit about... Um, I, so I, I immediately thought of him the other day when I saw William Carvalho linked to a move to... For, it seems like Forrest are going to sign everybody, guys. But um, so my immediate thought was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they're, they're both number six type players. Yes. Is Carvalho still kind of a, I mean, the slowest holding midfielder that we've ever seen that I've been linked to Everton for the last 10 years? Um, are, are Bettis in a situation where they're going to lose two of those type of players uh, that they would that they would part ways with Guido in a scenario where they're losing Carvalho as well? Yeah, I think they would because Carvalho is on the market. Like he's very much on the market. I think right. Guido was tentatively on the market. Um, Carvalho was on the market because he's one year left in his deal. He's 30 okay. years old. Um, it just makes sense for him to go right now because the money question. Um, but like his fee would be only 10 million euro or something like that. Um, there were clubs in Turkey interested in him. Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, and the Fenerbahce coach, Jorge Jesus, worked with him at Sporting Club de Portugal. So they know each other, although yesterday they were knocked out of the Champions League in a few sauce um, for Abache, so that maybe could kill that move. But Forrest are a more realistic alternative for them, I would say. But yeah, I think that if Everton come in with a financially convincing offer, they would do it because they could bring in other players. And, you know, like Danny Ceballos, like I said, is, you know, identified as that player to come in. He only costs maybe 10 million euros as well from Real Madrid. He's surplus the requirements there. He's a seventh midfielder. So yeah, I can see them both going for sure. What's interesting in this market too, or in this summer, uh, in analyzing transfer uh, stories, uh, and and I want to come to you on this specifically, Alan, because I think you were one of the first that chimed in on this. Um, I think that for any of you listened to the transfer show over the years and and really followed Everton transfers, there's been this kind of standard um, paradigm where, well, you just kind of, if you're an Everton supporter, you wait for one of three reporters to kind of chime in on Twitter with a link. And you know that, that if they say it, then, then it's real. It seems like this summer, and it's kind of been trending this way that there is less and less inclination for Paul Joyce or, you know, even Dominic King or Andy Hunter to really chime in much on Everton news anymore. I, maybe they're just, uh, maybe they're just as fed up with uh, Everton transfer sagas as we are, and they just don't feel like talking about it. But I think that the discerning eye sometimes has to, you know, I think guys like David Ornstein at The Athletic and others are, are kind of taking that, you know, the, the Fabrizio Romanos. I think that, that you then have to kind of, beyond those guys, you have to kind of <clears throat> take a discerning eye to any of these reports. And the reason that, that, that uh, you know, the reason we're even talking about um, Guido in this situation uh, is is that uh, the report came from uh, Cesar Luis uh, Merlo, I believe is the correct pronunciation there. But, um, and you had commented that, uh, you know, I think there's this, the joke about, oh, well, you know, you've got a, uh, you know, the, the Spanish journalist, the Portuguese journalist that, that we, I think we are so used to some of that being the tabloid structure you alluded to before where the, the, the publications exist just to churn out transformers. But yeah. you made a special note that, that he was in particular very reliable. And so that there wasn't, this wasn't just kind of a, you know, thrown out Everton's name for no reason that, that, that there probably is genuine interest here based on, on the source. Uh, is, is, is that a fair characterization? 
Yeah, it is because that particular journalist has links to both Mexico and Argentina. So he has spent the majority of his senior career in Mexico and the Argentinian football community is very tight, very tight indeed. So I would believe that sort. But what he did say, to be fair, was he said Everton looking at him with literally with good eyes, you know, in terms yeah. of they love him, they admire him. There was no talk of any concrete interest or any concrete offer being made. And given the fact that links to Idrissa have surfaced afterwards, even though Idrissa uh-huh. is a life for like replacement for him, because I think, you know, Guido is the kind of midfielder we need, a tall, disciplined, aggressive, sitting midfielder who will build the base of your midfield. Whereas Ghana is a bit more of a Alan style kind of headless chicken running around putting out fires. But the fact that, you know, credible reports have emerged about Ghana in the last couple of days since mm-hmm. that rumor emerged makes me think that maybe Everton are kind of being priced out for that move or whatever and they're looking at a more cheaper option and like Idrissa I know we'll talk about more about later on paper makes sense because PSG are keen to get rid of him um, they're overbooked as they say in Spain they're a very big squad um, Luis Campos the sporting director has just come in wants to trim the squad really tight he wants to trim all the fat um, and get Ghana as one of those players who needs to go in his opinion and it's also a World Cup year, so I think he'd be more open to going to Everton because he knows to be guaranteed minutes ahead of you know going with Senegal to the Qatar World Cup. So while I, when that rumor emerged about Guido, I was very excited. I thought this could be a great move. I still do think it could be a great move, but my optimism has been quelled slightly by the links to Idrissa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChapaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.